following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, December 15th, 2020, season 16, episode number 80. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. This is uh, The Break presented by Geico. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick and I, we got Dave and Amber on remote. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the NFC East. We'll talk a little bit about Jerry Jones and some comments that he had this morning on our local uh, station here, uh, 105.3 The Fan. And we will get to fan questions. We will spend lots of times. Hearing lots of time hearing what you guys have to uh, have to say and uh, getting some questions from you guys. We'll do that in the probably second and third segments today, <laughs> um, hopefully. Um, so let's start first, though. I, I want to talk a little bit about Jerry Jones and some comments that he made this morning. Uh, the first thing that stood out to me was his. he reiterated what Stephen Jones said yesterday on his call with 105.3 The Fan, uh, saying that Mike McCarthy... Uh, will return as the head coach next season. My question for you guys, is there any reason why this shouldn't be the case in your mind? Let's start first with you, Nick. No, I don't I don't think so. I mean, this is we, we know one of the reasons. I mean, we, we know some of the reasons why this te- team has been uh, so bad this year. And, and I just think with everything involved, um, no, he, he should he should get a pass for for this one. I mean, we we know why it, it it's a it's a bad year, and I think he deserves the opportunity to have a full off season, a full year, and be able to do it his way. He obviously hasn't been able to do that. Amber, I agree. I think uh, th- that it's not necessarily fair to judge him fully based on what happened this year because of all the circumstances that no one really had control over, but. I would give him another year, see how that works out. But I would not be saying the same thing for someone else. And, and I, I hate talking about firing people and all that, but I just think that there, there definitely needs to be a change, a big change on the defensive side of the ball. Dave. Yeah, I, I mean, they pretty much said it. No, I mean, you know, it's funny because it's uh, – it's one of those things where, and and Jerry Jones, he said this recently too, is like he he gets the blame and he deserves the blame in a season like this. But at the same time, he winds up in situations where he can't win sometimes because like the big criticism of him is like, get get out of get out of the way, Jerry. Let the football people deal with this. Like you meddle too much. But then at the same time, people are like, fire the coach after his first season, Jerry. Like we're mad and the team's bad and. Get in there and fire him after one year, which is exactly the type of thing that an overly meddlesome owner would do. That's like the stereotype about Jerry that hasn't been true for 20 years. So at simultaneously, there are fans that want him to get out of the way and also want him to fire the coach during his first season, and that just doesn't really jive. Uh, no, I, I mean, with everything that's gone on in 2020, and the team's bad, and Mike McCarthy deserves plenty of criticism, but... I, no, he doesn't need to be fired. Now, obviously, we all agree that, that he shouldn't be fired, but I do have a follow-up question to that. Do you guys, or has your faith in Mike McCarthy changed at all? And this is going to require you going back and thinking about what you thought of the hire originally and what you thought of him as a head coach coming in. 
and what you think of him now. Has that changed at all um, in in these four months of the season? Let's start first with you, Amber. A little bit. I mean, we, we've heard of his background and the success he's had in Green Bay and all that. And when he came here, his first press conference, my first impression was great. I'm like, oh, I love this guy. I really liked what he portrayed. But then as the season went along, and again, I'm not ready to say bye to him or anything like that. But it, I do wonder and question about his leadership and some of the things, some of the decisions that were made during the season. Because again, whatever happens with the team, whether that's on the offensive side of the ball or the defense and whatever those coaches are doing, at the end of the day, he's still the one ahead of them. He's still the one over them and allowing certain decisions to be made. So we know the decisions about the O-line. We've talked about that. We know the whole mess that's happened on the defensive side of the ball. And it just it makes me wonder about his voice and, and and I know it's tough this year it's tough dealing when you're trying to figure out that connection between all the coaches and everyone and trying to click everything together and piece it all together but at the same time right now I'm just kind of like that's something I'm going to be very aware of next year and keeping an eye of next year as far as every little decision that it's made throughout the season following uh, for next year, but but right now it, it, I'm definitely kind of like eh, not as not as good as I felt at the beginning of the year. Obviously, Dave. Uh, I mean, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't I don't feel like I was really that excited about it in the first place. I was like, okay, this hire makes sense based on what the Joneses wanted if they were going to fire Jason Garrett. I I was never just over the moon about it as this amazing hire. Um, so with that as the context, I don't feel that much differently about it, but I, I have a lot of the same reservations that Amber does. Like nobody's killing Mike McCarthy for, you know, obviously the offense has been decimated by injury. They've honestly handled that part of it pretty well, but the defense has been a mess. There have been like there was a time this season where it felt like the team was on the edge of like a mutiny. They can't do basic things. The defensive captain, the defensive leader, Demarcus Lawrence, is saying they don't have a backbone and they don't fight. Uh, and and as I've said a million times, other teams with first-year coaching staffs, even in a, even if they're struggling, you know, don't seem to be having these same types of problems. So it does make me wonder just how good of a grasp McCarthy has had around his entire team uh, at this point. And I'm I'm willing to give it a pass because of all of these circumstances, but it definitely is concerning, and it's it's something that gives me pause moving forward. Nick, yeah, I mean, I think it's like in baseball terms, it's just you know, it's a strike. You know, you don't you don't you're not striking out, but it's something. It's a, it's a mark against him. You know, this year. I mean, it's not the 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 end of it. You know, you get a chance to to come back and, and rectify the situation, but you know, you really can't look at this year and be like. Wow, you know that that was a really good move, really good decision, really good idea, and all that. I mean, from from the coaching staff, I, I can't I can't recall anything really where you you could say that was that was a good veteran move there. And so, but you know, like I like we've all said, I think he deserves you know they all deserve another chance. Not no, not all of them. He deserves another chance, and and I think that they can. <laughs> 
Well, you have to make some changes there. I you know, and I, it's funny how we, we kind of keep talking around, but that's a whole different show. I think we got to talk about the defense yeah. and the coordinator and the whole nine, but I, I get yeah. you. Go ahead. I mean, just this, I don't think, I, and, and, and it's the players too. It's not just the coaching, you know, the, the scheme. I think Mike Nolan may have been able to work with other different, you know, defenses and say, all right, let's do it like this. Let's have this alignment. Let's move it like this. I don't think this works here. I think you better just say, you know, there's a reason why they simplified it with Rod Marinelli. I mean, it's not it's not just because this is what he does. Yeah. It's because of what some of these players can handle, and I think that they, they need to figure out a way to simplify it for the players that are going to be here. I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit because a question just came into my mind I thought of on this. But if there was one thing that you think he could have done differently this year, Mike McCarthy I'm mm-hmm. talking about, what do you think could have had a bigger impact? I'm not saying that he would have gotten them to even 8-8, eight and eight, to the playoffs, any of that. I'm just saying one thing he could have done that you think could have maybe made this team just a, even a little bit better than what they've been throughout the year. Let's start first with you, Dave. Uh, managed his personnel better on the offensive line. I, th- you know, I think we've talked about that a lot um, as far as the offense goes. Managed that a little bit better. Um, you know, why, 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 why was Terrence Steele the day <laughs> one right tackle? Like, Three why wise. did that happen? And yeah. why... Why was why was Zach Martin fantasy football nonsense until the season was almost lost? You know that I've said it. You know I'm a broken record. That stuff bothers me. Uh, and then on on defense, I think Jerry and Stephen Jones have both said it recently. Is you know maybe it wasn't a great idea to try to completely revamp the scheme during a pandemic. Um, I would argue again that it's you know other teams have done these types of things in these circumstances and don't look as bad as the Cowboys have. So. I think it's doable. It's I think it's a cop out to just say, well, you can't install a new scheme in a pandemic. I mean, these are still professional football players. I don't think that's fair. Uh, But I don't. I'm sorry. I don't don't think it's fair for for them to say that about the pandemic. About you know to come back and say that. No, I I completely agree. Because it wasn't. it, It was a pandemic. But like every, just think about it. Hey guys, you were out of the building until May. We're out of the building until June. We're out of the building until – I mean, it's not like, hey, guys, we can't do this because you know how the season's going to be. I mean, nobody could foresee this. They didn't cancel you're, the preseason wait, games. You're, yeah, you're saying that no one knew that it would be to this level right. where we're still right. in December and having, right. hey, you can't come in on Mondays and Tuesdays, right? right? All this right. stuff. So right. it's yeah. like to come back and say, Coach Nolan, you can't do this. You can't change yeah. the scheme like this. We're, we're going to go virtual. Nobody was even using the term virtual back then. You know, not like that at least. So I, I, I don't mean that, Dave, that that's not fair. I just think I don't like them saying and, – and I think they even said it qualified in hindsight, right. in hindsight, because yeah. in hindsight we're doing yeah. a lot of things differently. Yeah. You know, That's fair. You're up, Nick. Um, I don't I, – I just think that – I think Dave had it right on, on what they could have done differently. Yeah. You know, you could say personnel-wise what they could have done differently, but that's not really McCarthy. I mean – Okay. Well, how they deploy the personnel. Yeah, is because, I mean, right? you know, you really go back and say, man, maybe they should have done, you know, the Byron like the guys. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw this stat the other day, or I, I just kind of researched it. I think Mahomes has thrown three interceptions. Do you realize that Heath and, and Byron Jones picked up <laughs> two of those three? I don't know the other one, but uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, just, just throwing that out there. That's nice little salt in the wound there, yeah. Nick. Thank you. But um, I don't know. I mean, it. I think I think they could have done things differently if they would have gotten Dak signed, and that's not on McCarthy. Yeah. They yeah. signed Dak, then then you know I think they can keep Byron Jones, and I think that does change uh, a little bit here. 
I asked you that question the other day, how much you think Byron Jones would have changed things, and you believe that, that he would have made a significant impact on this I, defense. I do, but I know that sounds hypocritical because I wasn't standing on the table for it back right. then. I really wasn't, but I didn't think. I had never heard of Savion Smith or Richard Robinson or any of those guys, and, I, and Chris Westry, I never thought that he would be playing in the game, and so if the fact that they've had to play them, yeah, it does make me go back and go, maybe we should keep Byron Jones. Yeah. The man of the year. Yeah. All right, Amber, what's your thought? <laughs> um, I mean, I agree with what they said. If I had to think of something that they haven't mentioned, I think it would be two things. Maybe one, figure out a way to, to motivate the team a lot better. Maybe bring out the watermelons a lot earlier in the season <laughs> or something. I don't know, but try different things. And, and again, I don't know if he did try different things. I we're, None of us are in those meetings. This is just me speaking up you know just to say something here but then another thing i think would be um play calling a little bit because although i love being different i love being creative and i love when you are taking a risk during games because it makes it more exciting when you fail multiple times i think that's the time for you to kind of step back and play a little bit more conservative and I, I might be kind of contradicting myself here a little bit, but I think that at the time, based on the, how many times we saw and the, and the results that the Cowboys were having earlier on in the season, I think I would have kind of just gone a little bit more on the conservative side and tried to just play football a little bit more clean yeah. to lower mistakes. That, that's that's a good point too. I mean, and that's something we talk about all the time about knowing your team, understanding your team. And I do think it's hard to under to know your team when you don't have any preseason games, any practices. You know, they have practices, but not the off season. But I think he, I, I agree with her. I think he 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 struggled to really grasp what his team was and what his defense was. I think you you if that L A Rams game is played six weeks later, he definitely kicks that field goal to tie the game. And, and you know and and, and just see see what happens there, mm-hmm. but you know that's that's just something that you have to kind of live with. Yep. But all right, one other thing I wanted to get to real quick. Jerry also mentioned kind of as an aside when he was talking about Mike McCarthy. Says he mentioned that uh, he loves our special teams coach. And so my question for you guys is: Do you agree? And would you consider? Uh, removing him, or do you think at this point everything you've seen from him, or at least enough I, of what you've seen from him, makes you want to keep him around? I love my dad, but I don't. I don't think he should be coaching special teams. You know what I mean? I mean, I, who doesn't love John Fossil? I mean, John. Yeah. Fossil, I mean, you talk to him like one time, and like he's he's awesome. Yeah. Would you keep him? I don't know. I mean, like <laughs> now we're not so committal, are we? I I think with him, and I, you know, I don't want to even want to say this. You 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 just gotta. You just got to rein him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you know, everybody has dogs. They love their dog, but they're not just going to let him run around. You got to put a leash on him. You got to just kind of control him. Same as kids. Same as kids. Yeah. Yeah. You can put leashes on kids. Whatever. Absolutely. You know, any. And and he he, he needs to do that a little bit. He just needs to kind of. To, to, to you can't you can't go crazy, but that's the head coach's job to do that. And I think the head coach is doing that now. (laughs) Amber. I, I love the guy. I, I think he has the heart. He has the good intentions. He has the, the good ideas. But I think I'm willing to give him another year to kind of work it out. I still have hope as far as him being able, if he has the right amount of time, a good off season, to be able to get the right guys and, and kind of 
be out there a lot more with with his players and figure out exactly how uh, how, how they want to handle special teams. I think we could see better results. So I'm still not ready to say bye to him. I would give him another year just to see what he does. Dave. Yeah, I mean, just in like just in case people, I don't know, if you think I'm a coward or something, like I would absolutely make a change at defensive coordinator. That like I mean, that that performance is so atrocious that that I think you need to. John John Fossil's tough cuz they've been it's been disappointing how sloppy they are. You know, they had another penalty, they had another dumb mistake on Sunday. They've had like too many men penalties. We've seen delay of games on field goals. And it's stuff that shouldn't happen. And maybe I am biased because John is such a super nice, like, energetic guy. But I also think the special teams have the potential to help you win games. Like the watermelon kick and the the fake against Pittsburgh with, you know, C.J. Goodwin racing down the sideline. Like, that stuff is fun. And I'll, you know... The 4th and 11 on Thanksgiving was so dumb. So maybe, like, just rein that in a little bit. Just give me controlled chaos instead of pure chaos. Like, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what the special teams could be if they're just a little bit cleaner. And it makes me want John Fossil to stay around. And maybe that's also because I think he's a super nice guy. But... (laughs) But I I want to I want to I want to give it some more time and see if we can have controlled chaos instead of pure chaos. You know I agree with that, and I also think that you know the fake punts. There's there's okay when they don't work. You know that we talk about them for forever. But you know when a guy punts the ball 47 yards and it's a fair catch, you know, and because he's got two guys standing right in front of him, that is a result of the of the fake punts. Mm-hmm. And that and we don't see have we seen any big returns against them? I mean the reason why you fake it all the time is yes you think you can get a couple of them, but the way that they have to play back, I mean Keith O'Quinn said it last year. Every time we have to face the Rams and face Fossil, we have to change our cornerbacks out there. We don't even put regular we put regular corners to make sure that they're not throwing a pass. Mm-hmm. Which what that does ninety seven percent of the time is give them a free release to get down there and, and, and not give up a big play. Right. So there's there's some other side of it too that that kind of works. Look at the return game too. I mean, Pollard's having some success there. So I think everyone's saying the same thing. Hey, calm down a little bit over there. You know, don't don't get all crazy and and, and just kind of be a little bit closer to to the middle and, and and you'll be fine. And Nick, you and I talk about this all the time when we talk about employees, just generally employees. Mm-hmm. You really love employees that you gotta. You'd rather be off to pu- have to pull them back than push them, right? right? So it's the same thing here. Like it's a good problem to have when you got a coach who is really, really just out there and has some great ideas and always wants to try something. You just gotta rein them in, rein them in a little bit. Then, then That's you, much better than having the guy that doesn't know what to do and he's just kind of standing there like, I guess yeah. we're just gonna kick every time, right? And every now and again, you get you get a, a unique employee, you know. Like 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 that one up there, Dave. Which one, Dave? Dave? Okay. That, that you have to pull and push I'm sometimes. Say, it depends on the day. You never know. You never know. It depends that's, on the day. Yeah, that's why you know. You just, I'm, I'm not even mad. No, I mean, look at Dave. You know, like uh, we used to say it up in the press box. Like Dave can can dress down better than anybody. Yep. I mean, he's got t-shirts that are you know that are probably 24 years old. 
But he can dress up better than anybody too, yeah. and he kind of finds his own way of doing it. This is the same. You and know, it's all just him. Middle. He finds him. the middle road. So that's what we're looking for, Fossil Middle Road. So we just did our mid-year review for Dave. So it's good. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and go to our five first, <laughs> first break. When we finish up, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFC East, where the Cowboys stand in, and who we think going to be the players. And we're going to talk about the quarterback position because there's some interesting developments at the quarterback position within the division. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Hey, guys. Santa is back at his Dallas Cowboys cottage at the Star in Frisco. Appointments are available now to take your socially distanced holiday photo with Santa through December 24th. Book now at thestarinfrisco.com slash Santa. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break presented by Geico. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFC East right now. The uh, Washington football team sits atop the division at 6-7. and seven. Uh, The New York Giants follow them up one game behind at 5-8. and eight. Philadelphia is a game, I mean, a half a game behind that at 4 8 and 1. Um, and then Dallas sits in last place at 4 and 9. You look at the rest of the teams that, have, that they have to play um, across the, the division. And, and, and my question for you guys is who do you think at this point is the favorite to win the division? I'll start with you, Nick. Well, nobody's playing better than Washington right now. You know, I remember going back about four weeks ago, we said everybody's got something going for them. The Cowboys, we thought, had the better schedule. We thought the Giants were playing the best. We thought the Eagles were – they were in the lead at the time, and, the, and Washington had the best defense. And Washington's defense is carrying them it's to this point. really good. Yeah, it's yeah, really good. Really and their good. offense is giving them enough – you know, playing complementary football. So, you know – I think Washington has has the you know has the edge on this because not only do they have the lead, but I think their schedule sets up a little bit better. Now, if they tie the Giants, though, the Giants will win. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's the kind of thing that's tricky. But you know, I'm 
it just they can they can still play the the Eagles, knock them down. They already have the tiebreaker, you know, with the Cowboys. So I I think it's got to be Washington. Amber, I agree. I mean, after I thought it was between Giants and Washington, but. After last week and seeing some of the things, the way that, that the Giants were playing, I mean, that, that game was just a mess. So uh, right now I'm just leaning towards Washington. And, and I, I hate to say this, Derek, you were right. Apparently, for once, you were right last week with your <laughs> opinion about Washington. So, mm. yeah, I, I, that's who I am <laughs> leaning towards the most right now. All right, Dave. It's always it's always fun how this stuff swings from week to week, though. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do agree, but Washington has to play Seattle this week, uh, and so you know, all of that positive momentum could come to a halt this weekend if they don't play really well against Seattle. But the Giants have uh, the Giants have Cleveland and Baltimore before <laughs> they get Dallas. So I mean, that's that's pretty tough. So yeah. even if even if Washington loses this weekend. I still feel like I like their odds to get two or three wins, you know, to get two wins out of the three because I think they finish with Carolina and Philly. Those are obviously two not very good teams. So, and actually, I'll steal a point. Our our friend and producer, Caden Gates, made this point to me yesterday on a call. Washington, if Dallas isn't going to win the division, which it looks like they're not, Washington needs to because Washington is a really good quarterback away from being a scary, scary good team. And if they win the division, they're probably not going to be in position to draft a very good quarterback. So go ahead. Go ahead, Washington. <laughs> go win that division. That is a Put yourself point. up in the 20s. Uh, yeah, I, Caden said that to me yesterday, and I was like, holy crap, you're right. we got to get Washington out of the top 10. Yeah. The last thing you want at this point is is Washington picking in the in the top five, top eight, in the in the draft like there's a lot of there's what five quarterbacks in this draft that are that have potential to be in the yeah. first round what are you talking so. about they're going to take the defensive end from miami and just stack up there's you know they're just hey, going to keep that would be kind of scary too that defense is just no, so good no, right at now. that point it would be like okay that's too many <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know but but i, I will say this and I, I actually want to flip this right back to you dave because you mentioned it how much does the injury? Alex Smith left their their game last week with an injury, and he was replaced again by Dwayne Haskins, who was the guy that started the season for them, and I believe was not playing as well at the quarterback position, obviously as Alex Smith has played here recently. Um, how much do you think the injury to Alex Smith, if it's a longer term injury, affects Washington's ability to win this division, Dave? Well, for starters, the, the the most recent word on the street is that Washington's optimistic that Alex Smith can play against Seattle. So we'll see. Who knows? Um, but honestly, and, and Alex Smith has played better than Dwayne Haskins. Don't get me wrong. He gives you a better chance to win. But, I I mean, I think this the defense is what's take – like if they're going to win, the defense is what's carrying them there. I mean, they scored – I think they scored 26 points against San Francisco the other day and – 14 of that came directly off of takeaways like or 23 excuse me so they scored 23 points and 14 of it came again uh came off a chase young fumble return and a pick six so um i don't you're not you're not winning because of what your quarterback's doing for you anyway i mean shoot they beat the cowboys with kyle allen back in october so um i i obviously they'd prefer to have alex smith but it's it's really more about the defense for me 
Well, but I do think, I will challenge you a little bit, I do think that part of the reason why they made the, the switch in the first place was because they weren't winning early in the season. The def- yeah, the defense yeah. was the defense was playing just as well early in the season, but Haskins wasn't able to take those favorable field position situations that the defense handed him and turn them into points. And and so I think in a lot of respects, I think they made the switch because they felt like they don't need a quarterback to be great. They need a quarterback to not make the mistakes, the critical mistakes. And I think that's what they found in Alex Smith. Amber. Um, I think that the fact that they're talking about being optimistic about having him play this weekend against Seattle makes me wonder like or think that even if he's not good to go this weekend, he will likely be ready for the last two weeks of the season. So as of right now, um, that doesn't change my pick. I think that they would be fine. And I think based on what I'm reading and seeing that he might be back and to help them at least for the last two weeks of the season. It's not fair. It's, What's not fair? It's not fair that, I mean... Any other year, if you got a guy that's been out five years the way Alden Smith has, and he comes back and he leads this team in sacks and he's doing what he's doing, that is a shoe in for comeback player of the year. And instead, Alex Smith has to come in and do, and he's going to win it, of course. And so that's just, I mean, and he deserves it. I mean, he, he deserves it as well. I mean, yeah. for comeback, they both of them, I think they both, you know, should, should get it. Um, but. You know, it'll probably go to Alex Smith, and if it does, I think we have a feeling we we probably know the word that Alden Smith will say when that when that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Nick. All right, um, so let's flip over to the, the the Philadelphia Eagles. Does Jalen Hurts give Philadelphia a better chance than Carson Wentz? Nick, let's start with you. Uh, I think so. Be- more than anything, it's it's they needed a change. They needed a, the, a shot in the arm, and he's definitely given them that. Now, I'll, I'll say this, and it, it's not just about Jalen Hurts. It's it's most running quarterbacks that aren't considered to be polished passers yet. You know, he's he's a he's a running agile quarterback. It takes some time, but defensive coordinators typically try to find them out. And if and if you can stay at one step ahead of them, and you know, and like Russell Wilson did, mm-hmm. like I think Lamar Jackson's going to mm-hmm. continue to do. But if not, RG three, if you're something like that, yeah. they get figured out. And that, and I'll, I'll say this, Dak also, he's not really a, a running running quarterback, but you know, he he kind of stayed ahead of the game too. So that's one thing that they're going to have to do is teams will start to put some tape on Hurts and go, all right, this is what we have to do to him, but. You know he's a great athlete, and I think he gives them um, he gives them some momentum right now, which is what they need. Amber, I think that that Nick used the right word. They definitely needed a change there at quarterback, and regardless of what the outcome may be for this season, I commend them for making the change at the time that they did and willing to give. Hurts a, a chance to go in and play just to see what that even looks like because right now, I mean, there was nothing new that Wentz was going to give you to make you change your mind or your opinion of what he looks like right now. <laughs> so I think that I, 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 I'm not saying, oh, now they're going to start winning games and all that, but I'm saying regardless of the outcome, a change was needed. And obviously, that's the guy that they have right now to use. Dave. We're going to find out in short order how good of an idea it is because, I mean, Doug Peterson already said he's going to start again against Mm -hmm. Arizona, and 
We've seen that Arizona defense <laughs> ourselves. They're, they're pretty feisty. They coming. Yeah. I have a f- I have a, yeah, I was going to say I have a feeling he's going to see a lot of pressure from a lot of different spots and I'm curious to see how he holds up to it. Um yeah, I, I everything they said. The other thing though is yeah, maybe I'm alone in this, but I think it's it's too soon. It's too soon to start this whole thing about like how do you get rid of Carson Wentz? How do you move on? Like I just look at this as it it's almost like, you know, when you know sometimes the best pitcher in baseball goes out and gets absolutely shelled. You know, you don't have your curveball and you just it's just a bad night and the manager comes out and he takes the ball and he's like you'll get him next time buddy that's kind of how i feel about carson wentz i don't know i don't know if he'll ever be great again but just take some time off clear your head calm down like that dude's got to feel like the weight of the world is on his shoulders mm-hmm. he's probably banged up cuz he's been banged up his entire career get healthy Philly should probably maybe hire a new OC or, you know, you know, he hasn't been the same guy since Frank Reich left for Indy. So find a guy he can work with. I'm not convinced Carson Wentz's career is over, yeah, me either, but me he either. just needs to like take some deep breaths and sit for a sec. Yep. All right. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We're going to get to some fan questions. I promise the entire segment is going to be dedicated to fan questions. Amber has them lined up. When we come right back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Give the gift of the Cowboys this holiday season with the membership to Dallas Cowboys United presented by Globe Life. For a limited time, you get a label pen with your fan pack. It's a 1960 established pen. Memberships start at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to join today. Awesome. Take advantage of that. All right, welcome back to the final segment. There are people that run the Dallas Cowboys fan club, and I am not one of them. You are not. 
All right. Uh, welcome back to the final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We are presented by Geico, and we are into our segment where it's going to be fan questions. The entire remainder of the show, we've got roughly nine minutes and 33, 32, Ooh. 31 seconds. Can we just can we just answer the positive fan questions? Why would we do that? Are there what some? What fun would that be? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, why would we do that? Yeah. Are there any? I was just wondering. <laughs> no, Maybe? There are some that are not that controversial. All right, well, let's see where we go. Amber, what you got? Well, let me, let me, hold on, let me find them because I didn't really know we were going to get to them for Here real. Here we so. go. No, I'm just Here kidding. we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, okay, we, we've talked about, you know, the whole debate between who, who needs to get more reps as far as Zeke and Tony Pollard, but I have a question here as far as uh, wide receivers. Do you guys like how the Cowboys are currently using Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb? Hmm. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a I, no, know, I don't either. I feel like every I feel like every other week there's uh you know somebody's like why has CD been on the sideline this 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 possession what, what like what's going on but I, for the most part especially considering the personnel issues on offense I I don't have any problems I mean um you know I think Mike had a rough game I don't know, I'm I, I guess maybe it was yeah. against Pittsburgh what was the game or maybe was it in Baltimore like it was a, a game where he had a couple ago, drops yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, other than that, I no, I don't have any problems with it. I think they've all been fine. You know, the one thing I will say that I was a, that I'm a little disappointed, in, and it's not the receivers' fault, I don't think, is I still thought that the deep ball would still be a part of their offensive yeah. game plan, and it doesn't seem like it is. It doesn't seem like they're taking nearly. Now, I didn't expect them to take the number of shots that that Dak takes. Like Dak had gotten really good with that deep ball, especially with Michael Gallup. They had a special connection. But if you remember. When Dak went down in the game against New York, um, Andy Dalton came out there and he connected on a deep pass. And so my thought was, okay, well, the deep pass is still going to be a part of what they do. And it just hasn't been. They haven't done it quite enough. And I don't know, again, I don't know if it's because they don't trust the protection or they just, you know, that's not something that Andy just feels comfortable doing a lot of. But that's a part of the yeah. of, of Michael Gallup's game that I feel like uh, has been missing this year, uh, mainly because they just haven't tried it. I, I agree. And the the one knock I think that I have on the on the the receivers is that they're all relatively similar in what they do. I mean, they're they're not. Um, I wouldn't say they're the fastest guys, or they don't have the burners, and they're not the guys that are going to just break tackles. You know what I mean? So they all kind of do the same thing. So, yeah, if they're not going deep and they're not really these great guys that are going to catch these little hitch patterns and break five or six tackles for a first down, you know, they're just kind of the intermediate guys. And so I kind of wish you had a little bit more of of a difference in what they do. So let me ask you this, because I I do think they have some unique qualities about them. Like Michael Gallup, I think, is a guy that can get open downfield. I think he's a guy that also can go up and get contested balls. That's something we've seen him do in his Mm -hmm. career. I think CeeDee Lamb is a guy that has amazing, as we've seen and talked about, amazing ability to contort his body and catch the ball at a lot of different points around uh, you know his, his yeah. radius is is really really good. So, um, and and obviously you you talk about Amari. He is in my opinion one of the best route runners I may have ever seen. Like he can run a really 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 crisp route. So I do think there are some things that you can look at that you say 
create differentiation points yeah. for them. Even though you're right, none of them are necessarily burners. I just want um, Tyler Lockett and DK I know that, that's what and that's I where I was going with Those that. Was guys, is this okay, really just about the series. fact you want a fast guy, you want a sprinter, no. you want a, yeah. a forty guy? Yeah, I do I want all right a Devin Duvernay? I ain't mad at you. I mean, they had. They had that guy. His name was Terrence Williams, and he was like not a very consistent receiver, oh, other than Terrence wasn't no. a runner, was he? I'm talking about the receiver that did. He would t- trip a lot. He tripped a lot on his own. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I think uh, I I I think you guys got to keep in mind. Uh, that's where I thought she was going with that. But go ahead, go ahead, Dave. <laughs> I think you got. I mean, you guys got to like the, the offensive line is a thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That like it's it ain't good, and and I and and I think yeah, I think that is that's way more on the play calling of just not wanting to risk having your guy blown up or have a strip sack. Also, as we mentioned yesterday, Andy had Cooper for sixty and a touchdown mm-hmm. on Sunday. Like it was there. He just didn't see him. So. I would venture a guess that those plays have been there on and off throughout the season. A I don't think it's something they're trying to dial up with the offensive line the way it is. And B, your quarterback's not as good. So yeah. um, I, I think some some of that is valid, but I just I don't know how much of that I want to put on the receivers. Yeah, and I, I said, like I said, I, I don't think that was a receiver issue. I think this is either an offensive yeah. scheme issue or I think it's a quarterback issue, one of the two. But yeah, they got bigger problems than trying to get the ball downfield. Like they got much bigger problems offensively and defensively. Well, speaking of bigger problems, I got a lot of questions about the defense, and one of yeah. them is in regards to Mike Nolan. Um, this guy says that he he had a success, a decent success with the Saints as a linebackers coach, and yet there are better linebackers here in Dallas when you compare the two. Does that tell you that Nolan may not necessarily be the right type of guy to be a defensive coordinator, and maybe more of a position coach where he could be just better for starters ag i don't know if this is you or the question but demario davis is better than any linebacker that plays here which actually that was part of the reason that i was excited about the hire is i was like well mike nolan showed up around the time that demario davis blossomed into this all pro player maybe mike nolan had something to do with that maybe mike nolan will help Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith blossom into all pro players and it has not happened in 2020 mm-hmm. and that's the classic case of like okay like what's what's coaching and what's talent like who should get the credit for this yada 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 uh so it, it hasn't happened and it's really disappointing because the Saints have a very 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 good linebacker and the Cowboys have a couple of very talented linebackers but they haven't really been playing like it I don't I don't know why but Mike Nolan doesn't seem to have had a whole lot to help do with helping them develop. Do you guys have anything else no, to add to that? Um, I because I, I, I <laughs> Dave, Dave is a perfect guy to answer that. He he knows the Saints, and you know he, he knows them better than you know. I didn't I didn't know. I don't know if I've ever heard of Demario Davis. No, he can play. I guess I he's know. also their Man of the Year this year, the for the Saints, but. I, I, I feel Seems like a very nice guy. I've never met him, but I he's also a hell of a freaking. Where do you money? go to college? I, I, I usually don't just blank on all pro players. He's an all pro or a pro bowler. Uh, yeah, he was all pro last. He went to Arkansas State. He was. A I was about to say if he went to Arkansas, now we got a problem. I would have to turn in all my <laughs> no, stuff right. with Arkansas. Right. Have no. to turn in all my stuff with a the pig Saints. On it. Uh, 
the Saints signed him in free agency a few years ago. He had, yeah, he he had a hundred tackles, four sacks, and a couple of picks last year. Uh, he's 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 a good player. player. Yeah, he's a good player. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, people keep asking, where is <laughs> Reggie Robinson? Robinson? I got this. And answer. Bradley and I. <laughs> so. I got this answer. All right, Nick. Go. Um, I I know I know there were some guys. Um, I the position coach. He talked about. Wait, who was it that did mention Reggie Robinson? Was that Mike Nolan during uh, his interview yesterday? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't hear. No, but but I'll, I'll tell you where Reggie Robinson. I know there was someone that talked not. about him. I'll tell you where he is not. Where he is not on the special teams kick coverage team. That ball's going through the end zone anyways. Run down there. You might have to go and and make a play. But I thought he was a special teams guy. That's the one thing that the guy should be able to do. Chris Westry is out there. He's on that team. Yes, Chris hmm. Westry wasn't even on the roster until the day before. Yeah. So why is Reggie Robinson not on there? So all this talk about why can't he play defense and why can't he play safety or corner? Man, just start with kickoff yeah. coverage and that. So. I'm putting this, and I don't know this. I'm putting this more on Reggie Robinson right now than on any anything else. I don't. It just doesn't look like he is ready to play and contribute. I, I don't know why. And that's shocking, though, right? It's shocking. I mean, you're you're talking about a, pick, a yes. fourth round pick for him not to even be a guy that you can figure out in a season where you've had tons of injuries, where you can figure out how to get him on the field. That's shocking. You don't you don't want to throw I mean he's not living in Busville right now because he's it's but he's on he's in the suburbs. I mean it's too early to say that for a guy, but man, you you got to be playing something here. This would be a th- I mean they want to play you. They want to play him. Yeah. And and it's just not working. So, um I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with him. Wow. It's I mean it is we have he he played one special team snap the other day by the way that's all he did Baltimore. one one snap oh, oh against Cincinnati play. against the Bengals and yeah. the Bengals okay uh, in a game where they're down yeah. so almost I'm, all their cornerbacks and a, a safety or two like it, yeah they must have played oh oh you know why because Westry got hurt Westry got hurt and at the end of that he played a couple snaps and he yeah. got hurt and then they put him in to run down wow now Anai. Go um, look at. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Go go look at the recent history of fourth round picks by this team. Like in the McClay era, they get production from fourth rounders on a regular basis. Like, and I'm not even talking about like Dak. I'm not even talking about Anthony Hitchens who had to start because of of injuries. Like, Damian Wilson was like their Sam and their you know he had a sub package role. Ryan Switzer was the starting punt returner as a rookie, as a fourth-round pick. Like, you should be able to get on the field as a fourth-round pick. I just, it, it, but see, it's really baffling and, yeah, concerning Hitchens, as well. Hitchens and Dak changed that because for about – you go look about seven or eight years before that, and it was really bad at fourth round. It wasn't, it wasn't until, I think, Hitchens and then Dak – and and then it got a little bit better, but but it, it was they were they were struggling at that spot for a long time. It's a tricky place in the draft. It really is, yeah. especially the way they do it. With it's the first of the third day, and Jerry called it a, the War Daddy pick right now in the you know the top of the fourth round. And you know I, I think it's just it, I don't know I don't know. I think people kind of reevaluate. They they take reaches on on guys that are falling. And but I don't I just don't know the the situation with 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 Robinson. I'm not sure uh, what it is. But I'll answer the other part. Tony about Pollard it. was their fourth rounder last year. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's gotten better for sure. Anai, um, he's not better than the guys in front of him. And he got 
jumped over by Rondell Carter. Apparently, Rondell yeah. Carter is a player that they they put in the game, and you know, but he's not better than Dorrance Armstrong. And and even when Griffin got traded, Gregory came in, so he just hasn't been in a spot where he can where he can contribute right now. I guess. Yep. All right, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to start getting into our prep for Cowboys versus 49ers. Uh, we'll have Bucky Brooks on. He'll talk about the 49ers offense versus the Dallas defense. Till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!